that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bootmakers.co.uk and of course fans bet all the way through the national hunt season 21-22. Right into the mix of it, of course, if you were listening uh, already to our Cheltenham preview podcast specials, we've done day one and day two with Paddy Aspel and Stephen Cass and Dermot Nolan and myself. And today we're into day three and day four. Dermot Nolan is back. Hello, Dino. How are you? Very good. All looking forward to this. Get some different voices into the mixer, of course. I'll do a bit of housekeeping, though, before I introduce them. Uh, if you do get involved with the Bet 10, get 30 from our sponsors, FansBet on bookmakers.co.uk. They've also got a £25,000 predict and win game for the Cheltenham Festival. Eight questions, I believe, you need to answer. Don't worry, the winner will definitely not be myself or Dermot Nolan, I would imagine. Uh, but I am looking forward to see if any of the Race Hour listeners can pick up that huge pot from fans that do get involved. Uh, there is a bit.ly link, bit.ly forward slash Race Hour FB. You can get involved there, but just check out the site, bookmakers.co.uk, and get involved. Right, let's get into the weeds. Uh, Darren Hughes is back. Darren, how are you? Not too bad, Dean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, coming at you from the beautiful city of Newcastle. Looking forward to doing a preview out here tonight for, for bookmakers.co.uk. So, should be a good crack. Excellent stuff. I'm sure you'll have a lot of fun uh, doing that. We'll get all your into This is like your dress rehearsal. I love that. Uh, a bit of a dress yeah. rehearsal for a day. So I, I, I'm not actually dressed, would you believe? That's a joke. Oh, I really didn't want to know that. <laughs> I really didn't want to know that. But I mean, the image in my head now is thrown inside me. Um, okay. Uh, that's, that's wonderful. Uh, Dave Weldon is here. Fully dressed and all, Dean, ready to go. Ah, that's more like it. That's more like it. Good to have you back, Mr. Weldon. Okay, um, we are obviously going to do days three and four of the Cheltenham Festival. I will get the panellists' opinions for the other days that they podcast they weren't on, but we'll do that at the end. Uh, we're going to go straight into the mix of it. Now, everyone knows what me and Dermot have to say, uh, so I definitely won't be starting too many races with our opinions, but why don't we kick on with the Turners? question I'm going to ask you, Darren, I'm going to come to you first, is uh, Bob Ollinger or Gallop in the Champs? And please find me at least a couple more runners. Are we going to get this match? I've heard people say they're keen on seeing two of the best horses take each other on in a match. But I don't know, a race with two runners at the Cheltenham Festival? I don't want to take away from it. It's going to be a great clash. Yeah, to be honest, I I actually find it hard to blame anyone for not wanting to run a horse here purely because... You know what? What are you setting yourself in for? Like these are probably the two best novice chases in Ireland. I'd say it's probably a reasonable statement to make. Uh, so so why so so why so why run here? Um, yeah, I I think Gallop and the Champs going to find it very hard to beat Bob Ollinger here. Um, I think he's one of the best of the week, nearly Bob Ollinger. Like Gallop and the Champs, ridiculously impressive debut. Not so impressive at Dublin Racing Festival, but I I think this trip is too short. Like people are saying, this is two miles five. This is two miles three and a half. Uh, I know that the, the the new course is a good bit stiffer than the old, but I think Bob Bob Allinger will have too many gears for uh, for for Gallop and the Champs here. I don't think his jumping has been that bad at all. People have been knocking it and crabbing him, but it hasn't been spectacular. But it improved first start to second start. There's every reason to believe it'll improve second start to third start. I, I, I people seem to think that he's already hit his peak over fences. He hasn't. Uh, I would have liked him to have another start coming in here, and this be his fourth start over fences. But I look, I think this is an absolute machine of a thing. The way he went. 
through his, through his race at Cheltenham last year. And I think the ground is also going to be key to him. We're looking like we're going to get very nice ground next week. And I think that will suit him a lot more than Galloping to Champs. It's going to be probably the good side of good to soft. And if that's the case, I find it very, very difficult to see him beaten. But I actually think he could get a bigger price in the day. So maybe hold fire. Yeah, maybe hold fire. Even money, non-runner, non-no-bet with fans bet right now is Bob Ollinger. Uh, 11 to 10 galloping the shops. That's how they have them. 7 to 2. But, uh, Dave, over to you. Which one do you like? Yeah, like, I, I like galloping as a horse, but do I want to back him in a match against Bob Ollinger? I, I probably don't. So I went looking last night to see if I could find something that's going to run. Um, and I got it down to a field of five. So you've stolen silver, Botwell Bridge, and another one of Willie's probably... Um, but I couldn't tell you which one because Alvarez entered the weekend. The Galaxy Man's ran last weekend, and a couple of years. So we can't tell day. you which run, which one either. Exactly. So yeah. it, it, this is going to be. I think it's going to be four or five runner field. If you fancy a horse and you think you have an inside knowledge, back it now because you're going to get three places and you might get a big price. Like Bottle Bridge and Stolen Silver, about triple digits in places. Yeah. Um, if you knew they were going to run, like you nearly give yourself a free bet. Like the advice you probably give now, I, I have a feeling they're going to smash up Galloping. If he runs here, and um, what's he now? Five to four-ish. Eleven uh, to ten fans bet. Eleven to ten. Bet. He probably goes off odds on. Bob might drift a bit, and then Bob will get smashed like Henry's do, uh, close to the off. You could probably give yourself uh, even money bet on either or them, whichever way you want to play it. Like it's it's not the nicest thing to do, but I I can't pick between them. Galloping will probably be the best over three miles. Bob will probably be a Ryanair horse, um, or even a champion chaser maybe. I can't mm-hmm. pick between them, so I'm, I'm waffling on here. But it's a race to savor, but it's it's just disappointing that there's nothing really else to take them on and, and give us a, a more competitive match. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you could put numbers in there, but they probably wouldn't be competitive, would they? So, yeah, yeah. do you know what it does do? Is it makes it a tactical um, disaster, perhaps? Exactly, and that's two that's, of them. That's not what you want to see either. You don't see a cat and mouse race. Like, remember my Jogo and Gin Online with the start sure, of the season, do, yeah. and all that. Yeah. Like, like it's yeah. just. You want to see a true run, proper championship race. It's a great one at the end of the day. Like, and we're not going to get that, I don't think, unfortunately. Now, Darren made a good point about maybe lots of horses could run here, but don't want to take on the two best novice chase in Ireland. I get that. But uh, with a five-day festival looming, uh, this would be a sign of things to come if you go yeah. making it too big. And that would be a worry. For me. And, and sorry, the other thing I wanted to say was uh, Cromwell and the lads supplementing Gab- Gabinaco for the article. They must yeah. think he, he must be pulling up trees at home. He must be a certainty in the article because they pick up eight grand here, no butter. They would. They would, I think. Um, yeah, always an interesting sign when Gavin Cromwell starts hitting form and Cheltenham's just around the corner. Uh, we'll wait for uh, for the money to come for the various horses. Gavin Necco obviously going the article and skipping this. Um, I'd be with Bob Ollinger here, Dermot. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. I think Gallop and Deschamps, whichever race uh, they had decided to go for, and it looks like this one, would have got beaten anyway. Dermot. Uh, yeah, I think Bob Ollinger is the one to absolutely beat here. I think um, he's just going to improve again like he did last year. He looked good last year without looking fantastic. And then at Cheltenham on the better ground, he just took off. And I think it'll be the same this year. I think Capadano is a good horse. And it was a turn of foot the last day that really separates Bob Ollinger. And when you hear from like our preview night, Mikey Fogarty saying that his, his jaw dropped when he watched him work one day down in Dramahane, I think he said. Yep. And he watched uh, he watched the assistant trainer there uh, ride him around. And he said he... He rode him as hard as anything over two miles, and Bob Ollinger was still trying to keep going. He said it was just a frightening piece of work. And then Gordon Elliott went out of his own way at his own preview night to say that, that he saw him jumping fences the last day. Um, so for him, for, for Gordon Elliott to kind of say that, that you know, he, he 
he's no business even discussing that. So clearly this horse is just something special. When you hear every professional who know a lot more about us than racehorses yep. discussing this horse, they all speak about how much of a machine he is. So uh, that's enough for me, Dean. And I just think uh, what's Gallop and Deschamps is excellent. I think uh, over this test of two two miles and three and a bit, as uh, as Darren said, I just think Bob Ollinger has the, the extra bit of toe for him. Yeah, yeah. I just, my only slightly worry is a little bit undercooked. Darren made that point about maybe needing one more run into the festival. But even money about Bob Ollinger to beat Gallop in the Champs looks big. And he may even get bigger. But it seems like the panel, uh, all right, Dave is looking for other angles, which I can totally understand. Is, uh, is Bob, 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 and a bit more Bob. So Bob Ollinger, um, I think, gets a nod in the turners. Let's move on to the Ryanair. Um, I'm going to come to Dave Weldon first. Uh, is this picking it off, off the ground, as uh, as it's been said? I think maybe Darren said that on the previous pod. About it was Aloha. me that said it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Um, Dave, do you agree? Aloha is going to be picking it off off the ground. Uh, on paper, yeah. Like he, He's well clear and he's beaten most of these already. But like this, this is his fourth festival in a row, it's hard to replicate what he did last year. There were signs in the John Durkin that he wasn't quite himself. Now he's beaten Fakir Clonmel since and, and whatever. Uh, Fakir gave that race away at the start. Um, so I, I'm going to look to get him beat. Like He's he's too short to back um, for all that he could be an absolute certainty. And the one to chase him home was two lengths behind him in the John Durkin, then ran in the Savills and in the Irish Gold Cup, Janadil. He doesn't stay three miles. This drop back to two miles five will suit him. Um, and I think he'd be there shouting at the last, and whether he can go past that a hole or not is a different story, but he's a fair each-way price, so I think Janet Hill is, is the one to take him on with. He's 9-1 to one at the moment with a fans bet, no run and no bet, and if you look at the market, you've got Alaho at 6-4 to four on, Energimi won't go, uh, Aplutar won't go, Shaq and Poussois won't go, Conflated looks like going to Gold Cup, so it's really Alaho, then Chamblou, then Janet Hill, and then <laughs> maybe not much else. Yeah, exactly, Like, and he... like. He's the one that you can see going off nine to two on the day, um, against Alaho, a four yep. seven or whatever like that, you know. So at nine to one now, he's a fair bet. Yeah, never be afraid of one horse. Janadil put up by David Weldon. Darren, you said it was picking it up, picking money up off the ground. Uh, are you looking elsewhere? No, I'm not. To be honest, I think this is boring and all as it is. Uh, if there's a banker next week, uh, it probably is Alaho. Not convinced there's any value elsewhere in the race. Uh, Dave makes a good case there for Janadil, who I actually do like as a horse. But yeah, like Jesus, you know, if him at four to five or the field at five to four, I think it has to be Alaho at four to five or whatever in and around that price uh, all day long. Uh, he could shorten up depending on how the week goes next week for bookmakers. So I, I wouldn't say necessarily hold fire on him, but yeah, I, I can't like I, I can't make a compelling case against him personally. So uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to stick with him. Would you say he's best of the odds on pokes for next week? Oh, by far, yeah, yeah, by far, yeah. I actually don't even think that's it's not even close. I think he's he's comfortably the best. Yeah, yep. Six to four on currently Alaho, and this race could cut up a lot, which means we could have a very small field Turners and a very small field Ryanair down the Nolan. We could, and to be honest, like you can see why horses are running from Alaho. There was a bit of a chink in his armor until that last performance when he was just brilliant again. Um, he's just one of these horses. It, it, this does kind of back up the theory of going back to a three-day festival. But look, that's another podcast. Uh-huh, yeah, we'll the, do it as well. We will do it at some point. Yeah, but it's um, it is. It's hard to take him on. Like my old friend Melon, I, I might end up backing him in a in the without market or something like that. Dave's angle on Janadil is very true, as as 
as David Jennings and David Mullen said in our podcast on our preview night as well he has always shaped like a horse who might just be a little bit better than he's showing but it's uh, it's a race that's very hard to see beyond Alaho and he's probably one of the horses that uh, he's one of your safer ones and one of those favorite actors you know yep yep I can't disagree I am very keen on Sham Blue running the big race I don't think Sham Blue even running a big race and not having any mishaps like have blighted Sham Blue uh, whether it comes from the jockey or from the fences but um, I think Sham Blue will run a, a big race and be second so it's currently eight to one with fans betting on run and no bet and like everything above it will not run so if that helps anyone along the way but Alaho probably in all the multis and all that kind of stuff uh, during the week we are going to move on to the stayers hurdle a division that's as, as murky as the river that Darren can see out of his window I'd say um, <laughs> it's a difficult division this and every time um, you know we think we, we've got someone at the top of the pecking order uh, they go and fluff their lines. But I guess that doesn't actually apply to like Royal Kahala, who could step into the mix here for Peter Fari if they decide to go against the mayor's route. Um, and Paisley Parker also came back to winning ways last time, but maybe that shift has sailed. I'm going to give it to Dave Weldon. The stayers is all yours, Dave. Yeah, um, it, it's tricky because they're all emotion of emotions. Like they all have beaten each other and have fallen all over all over the place, and whatever. That like yeah. You couldn't back Classical Dream without serious market support without him. Um, you just don't know what side of the bed he's going to get out of in the morning. Um, I called him a Weetabix horse, yeah, Dave. I, sta- yeah. I stand by it. Oh, yeah, even though it's not... shredded wheat. Even though it's shredded wheat. Yeah. Oh, it. okay. It's not like you need to stand down on, on what you said. But, um, yeah, Florian Porter, I think, is the most solid. Um, won the race last year, obviously. Imp- did nothing but improve last year. Was going to win his race over two and a half miles. Um at the start of the season, fell, that was unfortunate, and then Leperstown was the first, we all know that. Um, so with Gavin Cromwell coming back into good form, I, I think he's the most solid at the head of the market. And then like Champ, he's 10, I, I'm not really interested in backing 10-year-olds, unless they're uh, of a certain ilk. And uh, what's the other one? Time Hill, again, I, I've, I've made my point in him before, that he, he just doesn't seem to want to go past, so whether he will or not, I don't know. I, I'll make a case for a, one at a massive price who is overpriced, and it's going to be Gordon Elliott's only runner in the race. Um, Commander of Fleet um, needs good, good, good yielding ground, which looks like he's going to get at the moment. He won off Navin earlier on in the year over three miles off one four four. Um, was won a Grade One at Dublin Racing Festival two three years ago, and was second to Manella Indo in the Albert Bartlett. So he likes the course. He's got previous on it. Um, he's been back to what looks like his best this season. I think he's run some nice races. Um. Even the heavy ground run, he doesn't. He hates heavy ground. He wants good ground. Um, behind the Devil's Coachman, the last day was a nice little pipe opener for this, and he's sixty six to one on the day. You're probably only this is going to be a big field. You're only bookies going five, maybe even six places on this to get people involved. But especially with the small field fodder we're going to have before it, um, and you can do a lot worse than backing him each way at sixty six to one, Commander Fleet. Horse I've always liked, always liked, until it let me down uh, behind Melinda, wasn't it, at the yeah. festival? And Alaho was third that, that day as well. Like, so that, yeah, that was some race. Ah, it was a belt of a race. And he obviously split um, some very good horses there. And then the career's slightly gone off the rails. 50 to 1, non runner, no bet, Commander of Fleet uh, for the Stairs Hurdle. Um, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be totally put off that. Darren Hughes, over to you. It's a really tough race. This uh, really, really tough race. It's been described elsewhere as kind of the race of the quirky types. and that's that's probably true people a lot of people have said it's down between it's down to a match between Florian Porter and Classical Dream I'm not convinced um 
impossible to buy a classical dream off his prep. Who are they? And, uh, Who are those people? I don't. Sorry, I don't. I don't say a match, but like, there's people saying that that's they have the best piece of form in the race. I'm really not convinced. <laughs> um, Florin Porter, I don't think he's as resolute as he's made out to be. Uh, I think he's he, he has looked for reasons in his last two starts to chuck it away, even though obviously he was uh, up against it last time after giving him the head start. I think the single best piece of form on offer here is between Champ and Time Hill and Paisley Park at Ascot. Um, Roy Cahal is of some interest if we get rain, but I'm just ultimately not sure she's good enough. And I don't think that that was a particularly good... I don't think she ran to a particularly high level the last day in Gorham Park, only beaten home by the league. Um, in that Ascot race, I thought Paisley Park's had a funny old season. You know, he got a poor ride in Newbury. Uh, things just haven't exactly gone his way. And I think he ran okay in Ascot, considering, you know, things didn't necessarily go his way in the day. He only has kind of four or five lengths to make up on, on champ from that performance, then he's obviously going to turn the form around at Cheltenham in the Cleave Hurdle. I think Sevens probably underestimates his chance a small bit, and I'm going to side with him to bag his second stairs hurdle. Yeah, and there'll be plenty of supporters for Paisley Park around, all right? There's six to one currently, no runner, no bet, with fans bet is Paisley Park. The market for them is seven to two, Florin Porter, Time Hill Fours, nine to two, champ, Classical Dream at fives, and as I said, Paisley at sixes. It's eight to one. Uh, the great white dope Asterian Falange, but let's hope that doesn't turn up to completely destroy the rest. Um, Dermo, I'll go to you on the stairs. Uh, yeah, Dean, yeah, it's um, it, it's a cracking race uh, from a punting point of view. From everything else point of view, it's as murky as anything yep. in the world. Um, I just think that uh, I'm probably a small bit of Stockholm syndrome. Uh, I've come right around to uh, Time Hill. Uh, so he's the one that I'm, I'll be backing this for a horse who's a bit of a wrong and he's actually very solid in his placing efforts and everything else. So uh, if he gets the right run, uh, because I'd be very concerned about Florian Porter and Classical Dream with the crowds and everything else. Florian Porter has shown a good few kinks in his armor and uh, Classical Dream is a loop-de-loop as well. So it's um, a good few. I completely agree with Darren. I am about uh, a lot of his assertions there particularly the Peter Fahey mare as well. Mm. Um, she, Royal Cahala, sorry. She's like at Christmas time at the weights, tell me something girl comes out way ahead of her, um, in my opinion, with the ride and everything else. So, and with the stable form. So while she's she's rock solid, I, I just wouldn't be a fan of her at a 10 to 1 particularly. I'd want a few points bigger than that. So when you run through the field, I just think that Time Hill, he's kind of shortening up as he should be. He's still 9 to 2, which is a cracking price. The race will be run to suit him, I think. And, uh, he could be hard to stop then. I go a favourite. He definitely got a favourite, I think. And um, if you can remember back, he should have won the Albert Bartlett when he got no run at all. And that was a race with like Monk Fist, Latest Exhibition, uh, Fury Road. That was one of the better uh, races you'll see at many a festival. Um, and then campaigning has gone a little bit sideways, obviously. Missed a, a stairs hurdle, um, then came out and won after that. Um, troubled prep at Aintree, which is a good performance. Then they went to France, and they probably shouldn't have gone to France. Completely messed them up this year. Brought him back, raced really well against Champ again off an interrupted prep. Um, Providing they've had a clear run, which it sounds like they have, and Tomas O'Brien is confident in the plate. Just follow the leader until you need to go past. And if Time Hill consents, Time Hill will win. And I think that's pretty straightforward for the stairs. One of the better bets of the meeting, uh, certainly for me, but I don't need to tell many people that. So we can move on. Uh, we move on to the Mayor's Novice Hurdle. Uh, the one that's been absolutely smashed out the gap in the last couple of weeks is, of course, Dino Blue. Uh, we've lost Allegory Devassi, but there's Brandy Love there, there's Party Central there, there's L.A. Bell, probably gone entry. Um, and then you get the likes of Colin Murphy, who wouldn't be out of uh, out of the order, putting in a really good mare in here, and he's got Impervious, and it's bigger prices the rest of them. Uh, Darren, I'll come to you first on the mare's novices' hurdle. 
yeah, I think I said already when we were discussing this race in a previous podcast, I couldn't care less. My, my opinion hasn't really changed. Uh, <laughs> I don't like this race. It shouldn't exist. Um, what I will say is I was out for a drink at the weekend and bumped into someone very close to the impervious camp. And they're very sweet in her. And I'd say she's going to go off but half the price she is at the moment. So I'm going to stick with her uh, out of a sense of loyalty and respect for those connections. So impervious will do for me. Dean, you spoke to somebody close to the camp as well, didn't you? I had a catch up with Brian Hayes um, for work this week and very, very keen that Colin Murphy has done the right thing with Impervious. He was very impressed uh, with the way that uh, she won at Dan Royal. I think this has gone back a little bit because she also ran in the Royal Bond since then. But um, yeah, very impressed. And they're, they're confident going in. He thinks he's got a great chance of his first festival winner. So um, can't put you off there, Garen. I mean, that's positivity. There you go. Yeah. Um, look, not a strong selection. I don't really know anything about any of these mares. I don't particularly want to know anything about them. But when you look at her form, she obviously won her first start in Cork. She kind of went up to the grades pretty quickly. She won a grade three, chucked her straight into the Royal Bond. That race was an absolute mess of a thing. Uh, she, I don't know whether she came out best on the day, but I'm sure she's better than Statuaire. And yeah, look, she comes here fresh, which is no harm. Conor Murphy knows how to train a Sheldon winner, and he's very sweet himself as well. So all in all, 8-1, to impervious. She's going to go off by fours on the day, so get involved now, that's what I'd say. Yeah, and when you've got some at the top with, uh, well, I'd say slightly less experience and all talk and no trousers, um, it doesn't really apply to Mez. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. uh, impervious, currently 15-2, to non-runner, no bet with fans bet. And uh, if I had to punt in this race, and I'm kind of in the Darren camp, that it's not a race that I'd uh, ever look forward to at this unless I was onto something good, I would be there as well. Dave, well. Yeah, I've, I've been on uh, Dino Blue for a while. Uh, if I was advising someone to have a bet now, I would not be advising to back her because while she might go and win and she's probably going to be the best of these, she lacks a lot of experience. And we've been stung before with horses in this race who, who lack that bit of experience. Think back to Epitant, Marie's Rock. Um, and and concertista was beaten in a race. I know it was beaten by Egotantine the soil, but sure. like, it, it can be a bit of a mess for a race. So well, Dino Blue probably wins and would likely be the best of these. I couldn't be advising having a bet at the current price while she about two to one, nine to four. Five to two, um, Five to two. with fans betting on one another. Yeah, so like it, it's short enough for, for the type of race this is. Um one I just wanted to mention at, at a city price for your, your one euro each way punters, and mainly because she hasn't been entered in a handicap in Ireland, and I've wanted to talk about it for weeks, is uh, Monster Are We. Um, she's only rated 116, but she's ran up the backside of Allegory de Vassi twice, and was nine lengths off uh, my mate Mozzie in a bumper last year, and was 10 lengths behind Chantreuse the last day in that good Clonmel race. Um, she will be winning handicaps when they finally decide that they have enough black type with her. Um, she's only rated 116, but I think if they run her here, um, Ian Power will probably go over and ride um, although Sean Flanagan rode the last day um, from a very small yard who's probably looking to breed off her she, she will run her race and at, a, at about 150 to 1 I think um, she's probably worth a quid each way just in case 100 to 1 non-runner no bet with fans bet uh, the Jane Hearn and yeah. I don't think I've ever said her name on this podcast before so fingers crossed they get a runner there that'd be fantastic and I'm going to call it Monister Armoui is that correct? Probably. My fr- I never did French in school, so... I don't know if that is French, but... Oh, whatever anyway. it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, one for a massive price each way, punters there. Um, like I say, I'm going to stick with Impervious. I would have been all over LA Bell 
but Aintree is the plan there. Demo, final word on the Mayor's novices. Yeah, I actually couldn't echo more than what they've said. That Monastar, me, whenever she does turn up, she deserves to be marked up on that Chantreuse run as well. Okay. Um, she was she was in the firing line a long time. But uh, look, uh, we put Dino Blue up a few times in the podcast. We all like her. Uh, she's probably too short now, really, for kind of what she is. But the price that she was mentioning that. So we are on her anti-post, but it's a race that's kind of hard. If there is someone looking for maybe an anti-post bet, it's not one I mentioned before, but Mighty Blue ran a massive race in this last year. Um, and Joseph O'Brien's horses are definitely running better um the, the last few weeks and months so uh mighty blue is a big old price considering that she's um she's run well well in this race in the past you know yep fair enough fair enough okay thank you and um, there are a few other races of course on day three and they will have bigger fields which is what we are uh, hoping to get stuck into from a punting perspective uh darren you can take it away across them um, and i don't mind which order you go in but the floor is yours yeah, no problem. Uh, so it's going to start with the pretemps. Um, again, I think this is a stupid race. I'd get rid of it. It encourages cheating. It's just a ludicrous system, really. Uh, as regards the winner, Winter Fog has been talked up and down to the country by some shrewd judges, including at the race hour. Preview night, you know, pretty well found in the market. Same goes for Dunboyne. Like in the handicaps at this stage, speaking like from a trading perspective and a bookie's perspective, the prices are squeezed to death at the moment. So many of these horses are double and triple entered. The margins are sky high. I'd say hold fire. That's probably my tip for this race. Hold fire. Unless you think you have a serious edge in the price of one, you're going to get more places on the day. You're probably going to get as good, if not a better price. So my advice is uh, keep uh, keep your money in your pocket for now. Um in the Paddy Power Plate, I can't have the favourite at all. He's a 10-year-old who beat a 12-year-old a half length. And he's certainly yeah. Yeah, Celebrity Allen, sorry. Yeah, he's now 6-1 to one fab for the for the plate. Doesn't make much sense to me. Um, one I did half-like was West Cork Wildway. Uh, now, he look, he's been, he's, I'm not the first person to tip him up this week. Uh, but thoughts, uh, th- the, the thoughts do transfer over. Trained by a small enough trainer down in Cork. Given the name, uh, Paulo Flynn, uh, mark of one forty one. He was pretty progressive over hurdles. Um, Eleven starts, kind of was a late starter in life to, to racing. Uh, came chasing this year. Um, the second start, he beat the bosses Oscar and Navin. Came back then with a quiet run behind Bob Ollinger in January, where I think he paid the price for trying to follow him and Capadano. He's ultimately beaten thirty five lengths. I think that should leave him spot on. Uh, for this he's probably still improving but again he's 16 to 1 i reckon he's going to be that price on the day and you're probably going to get an extra place or two he's in around 16 to 1 obviously varies uh, different different operators but whole fire you get that price in the day and you get an extra place and they're kind of my two kim Muir, i'll leave that one to darmo because he has the winner of that for the last six months and only started telling everyone else about it last week so uh <laughs> apart from that uh that that's me for the thursday Fair enough. Westcourt Wildway um, is 16 to 1 for the plate, no one and no bet with fans bet, but you can definitely expect uh, place enhancements and uh, a very competitive market given what we think is coming on that day, which is a lot of small fields and shorter favourites. The bookmakers will be in uh, and out to get your business there, and I'm sure fans bet will be involved in all of that. Dave, you've got the Potemps, the plate, and the Kim Yor on day three. Yeah, I think everyone knows now the front of the salt wins Kim Yor, so we'll, we'll leave the Kim Yor. Pretemps, I have two for that now. Dallas the Pictons finished second in uh, the Martin Pipe two years ago, finished fifth last year when he yep. was supposed to go for the uh, Pretemps, but they didn't get him qualified. They made a balls of it. Uh, got him out nice and early this year, got him qualified. He's on a nice weight, um, and I think he probably 
be one of the picks of the, of the Elliot camp. He's about 14, 12 to 1 again. I, I 14 to 1 number and I know that Dallas the pick. Just, just echo what Darren said as well. Like, there's so many horses priced between 10 and 20 to 1. That's not going to be the case on the day, and you get your extra places. So, like, well, hang on and wait till the day. Uh, same goes for the Fergal Brian Runner, Ala Philippe. Um, I fancied him at Warwick, and when I watched the race back, he just had a lovely prep. He'd been off since uh, last year, he finished fifth in the Abbott Bartlett behind, uh, behind uh, Vanillier. Beat the aforementioned Pat's Fancy in his maiden hurdle as well. Um, he's on a lovely weight, and Fergal O'Brien has previous in, in, the, in the race with the likes of Barney Dawn and stuff. Um, I think he has a lovely profile for the race, given his, his quality he showed last year. Um, so they're the two for the Pertemps. In the Paddy Power Plate, um, this is another example of mad British handicapping. So, Simply the Bets um, won the Novice Handicap on Trials Day in 2020 off 140. Won this race then off 149 the same year finished sixth in the paddy power off 157 sixth in the paddy power again in 2021 off 154 was second behind vienna court on new year's day over course these are all over course and distance sorry uh, yep. uh second on new year's day behind vienna court off 153 then went up and trip and was a non-stayer in the cotswolds um off 157 and has been dropped a massive seven pounds for that one run and it's running off 150 in the paddy power plate for Paul Nichols and and uh, then connections, one fifty is a whopping mark. It's only one pound higher than when he won this race two years ago, um, and he's about eighteen to one chance, and he will be the only Paul Nichols winner at the Cheltenham Festival. Whoa, 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 whoa! He can uh, he can be added to the list alongside Brave Man's Game, is what you meant to say, is it? No, nope. oh. that's not what I meant to say. No. <laughs> Simply the bets is a fourteen to one non runner no bet for the Paddy Plough plate with uh, fans bet. Um, Alaphilippe and Dallas the Pictons are Dave's picks in the Potemps. Dermo, you have three races. Rattle on. You're on mute. Ooh, that's rough. Apologies, apologies, apologies. Uh, I pressed the wrong, the wrong mute button there. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> that was a terrific case made, uh, actually, there by Dave on Simply the Best. Sure was. Uh, that was a that was a race that I've been struggling to find one. So at 18 to 1, I will row in behind him there because Birchdale is probably short enough as brilliant as he was last time. Um, in the Pertemps, I really like Sire de Burley. Uh, I just think that Dan James claiming £7 off, or not Dan James, he's the lead winger. Uh, Rob James. We hope he scores tonight, Dermo. Dan, Dan James, he, he could definitely do the weight anyway. But the. Um, <laughs> uh, Rob James claiming seven pounds. That is very interesting. He's a brilliant jockey. So, thing. Winter fog is very well found. It makes an awful lot of sense. I did a piece for gambling.com there in work with David Mullins. He bought the horse for Emmett Mullins and Paul Byrne. He, he really likes his chances. I just have a question about this horse seeing out this trip. Um, but he might just be well handicapped enough that he just kind of gets away with it. Uh, we could be looking at a presenting Percy type uh, performance here. But right. for me, uh, Sire de Burley, just he's been there, he's done it. He has the kind of that that festival tick next to his name, and we've we've seen this year after year horses that come back for these kind of races. You know, remember Kalahari King Dean year after year, and all these horses they can just come alive again. So he is one who just always always runs his race. Um, so him and uh, very happy to to row in behind um, behind David Wellner. And Frontal Assault, Demo. And sorry, 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 of course. Um, frontal Assault, yeah, look, Dean, we've been kind of saying this for a while. I've never have I heard confidence for a handicap. And what really took my attention was as well at the race hour preview night, Dean, uh, David Jennings put him up, Don McLean put him up, uh, Mikey Fogarty said that uh, a friend of his who's a jockey, who we all know <laughs> who he lives with, <laughs> said that this horse wouldn't be beaten in the Kim Weir. 
it's uh, the confidence is getting scary. Um, so it's it is it's mad really uh, for a horse in the Kimweer where so much can go wrong. Because as Mikey Fogarty said before, you've got jockeys maybe in this race that are proper amateurs, and sure one of them could do something wrong and take them out. Um, so I, I'm kind of well invested in him. So my cover bet will be Oscar Elite if he turns up here. But uh, Frontal Assault Dean is—he's uh, definitely my handicap napper the whole the whole week anyway. Yeah, the confidence, as you say, is scary. Four to one non-runner no bet for the Kim Muir's Frontal Assault. I wonder what price it will go off. Darren, you like to perform odds? What price does Frontal Assault go off in the Kim Muir? Um. Oh, it's a good question. Um, honestly, like in these races, it's really, really hard to get a horse to get short, go off shorter than ten to three, seven to two. Like it's actually, it's very close to impossible because, like, unless like everything else loses a leg and on the way down or something, there's just too many runners in the field. It takes out too much of the market, uh, especially when there's going to be extra places and stuff on offer. Yeah, I, I'm going to say, I'm actually going to say he goes off bigger than what he is now. I'm going to say he goes off. Vibes. Okay. Okay. It also depends, Dean, on, on what kind of week Gordon's having. Like, if Gordon's had three winners sure, on yeah. Thursday and it's all rolling yeah. into frontal assault, like he could go off two to one. Like, but on the flip side of that, he, he could go off bigger as well. Like, you know. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. there's a lot of metrics in play. All right. Um, I just think that there's confidence that's behind this horse. If punters are having a good week, they'll just go fab, 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 and keep going. And frontal assault could go off pretty short. It might scare a few. Um, I'm already in, invested in it, but I won't feel clever if it wins. It didn't come from my own brain. Um, frontal Assault is currently 4-1 to for the Kim Muir, and that will do, I think, most of us in here. Um, in the plate, I was interested if Andy Defresne runs. I'll give Binfield a, a nod there, but uh, Andy Defresne, <laughs> yeah, 16-1, to I thought, for the plate. I think he might just outclass them if they do decide to go there. They have other options, like the Grand Annual, of course. And Galahad Quest might run there. And just for the record, if Galahad Quest runs in the plate and wins, I obviously... I'm on board, um, albeit that that train has uh, taken a few detours along the way this season. And I've no real view on the potents other than the two horses beginning with S, Cider Berlin, Sport and John, uh, will probably be where my uh, my fiver for a bit of sport goes. But no great view. Winter, winter fog is talked out the gap, as always. Okay, shall we move on to day four? Um, when we get there, it will kick off, of course, with the Triumph Hurdle. Uh, one of the better Triumph Hurdles you'll ever see, I think, Darren. Uh, yeah, yeah, more than likely. Uh, you get some dross in this, Jesus. Uh, yeah, if you look bad down to the ears, but you also get the odd good one. Um, what was the fraud on running it? I can't remember what won it, but that, that ended up chucking out a couple of grade two, a couple of grade one winners. So, yeah. not always complete uh, dog shit. Uh, this one, I think, will be, as you said, definitely be one of the better ones. Um, it's quite tricky, though. Like, Vauban won well at Leperstown. He's definitely the right favourite, but. I'm not sure I want to be with him at the prices he is at the minute, even allowing for them strong vibes. Phil Dorr, highly likely to get a good bit closer. And obviously, Pied Piper is closely tied in with Vauban. Look, Vauban is what there with fans, but is he 7-4 to four thereabouts, um, Dean? Vauban is 13-8, to eight, no one no better. 13-8, yeah. yeah. And what price are the two Garden horses? Phil Dorr is at 6-1. to one. Yeah. What's the other one? Pied Piper. Hold on. Ninety-four. Oh, ninety-four. Okay, that's a bit shorter than what I thought. But you, uh, to be honest, I, I actually they're might Dutch. The down, didn't they? Yeah, they probably should be closer. I actually might Dutch the two Garden Runners on the day and have them running for me. I think at best available odds, they're a little bit bigger than even though the six to one I think is nearly a standout on field door uh, from fans bet. But if if yeah. you could Dutch the prices a little bit, 
yeah, I'd have them running for me at in around the two to one mark quicker than I have Vauban running for me at seven to four. And it's tough for me to say that because I was a big fan of him at Leopardstown. But um, yeah, I just don't think it's going to be as straightforward from here for whatever. He needs to jump better for starters. But what I will say is the British juveniles are the worst bunch of horses I have seen in. I'm watching racing over ten years now, and they they are absolute crap. Like they are really really bad, and I don't think there's anything fit to to get even close here. So. I may well end up eating my words, but I'll probably Dutch Gordon Spare at the top of the market here. I think you're overly strong there with that view on some of the British juveniles. Um, Porticello, Knight Salute, they're decent horses. Dr. Parnassus as well, apparently is a, a poor and stir kind of horse. I don't know exactly what that means, but a very straightforward type with a lot of ability. Um, I think this is a really, really strong uh, triumph. But okay, taking on Gordon's horses against Willie's, he's not the man for juveniles normally. Uh, Dave Bob? Yeah, like... The top three in the market, Vauban, uh, Fildor and Pied Piper, they're the right three at the top of the market. You can't dispute that. And they're probably all around the right price. You could probably say Fildor might be a bit shorter and Pied Piper should be a bit closer to Vauban. But the yeah. confidence coming out with Willie Mullins, like, and Willie Mullins usually doesn't say a lot in his post-race interviews, but like, he, I think he literally said it'll take a good one to go past him mm. at, in, at Cheltenham. Um, he also said he's bigger things in mind for him than just a triumph yeah, game as well. Yeah, Definitely yeah, going to be a yeah. dual purpose horse. This this will be yeah. running all over the flat. This like they they think the world of this lad. Like it's very hard to see him beat based on that confidence. I also thought it was interesting they took it Carol Allen out of the boodles. He got a mark of one three nine, which is fair enough. Um, maybe that's because Gaelic Warriors so thrown in. Maybe it's because JP fancies uh, the John Joe horse Petit Tonnerre, or maybe it's because they think he's a good chance here. He was. Decent enough the last day. What is he? Double figure price with fans bet. Um, he might be the one. It's usually, the last horse that wins wins goes on to win the triumph. So, um, maybe take a flyer on him each way or the other French one that I'm not attempt to pronounce that people have been putting up. Elite um, Tomp. That's the one. Um, it, it's a very good race. I can't find the betting at the moment. Um, and usually I get stuck into the triumph because you, you can trace them along the year uh it usually goes badly for me went well with our air connor it went terribly with sir eric unfortunately and a few sure. other examples but I, I can't find a betting at the moment um i think it's too hard they're all the right price there's a lot of upside with most of them um it's it's, it's a very good triumph yeah i think that's a that's a pretty fair summary like like i made the point that i think this is one of the strongest triumphs i've ever seen and uh, I'm a long time watching Triumph Hurdles. I'm really looking forward to this one. I wouldn't rule out a big run from anything because of the potential that's under the hood with most of them. I did think Vauban, and having been at the Dublin Racing Festival and saw it in the flesh, in the flesh even, um, I thought it was might impressive. A huge big back end, missed a few flights. It's definitely the right favourite. But um, yeah, you can take your pick from the rest, Emma. Uh, yeah, look, Dean, I uh, I put Pied Piper up on this podcast at, at 14 to 1, so I, I'm kind of happy to sit on that topic docket yeah um he's i just think he's he's very very good uh, i do agree actually with darren i i think the the uk juveniles i just don't don't really rate them i think the, the irish kind of mayor juveniles went over sea sessions etc and they hammered their ones and obviously uh pied piper absolutely buried that field now obviously porticello and these are horses could could be a bit better but i think knight salute's probably the best of them and he'd be a fair bit off the 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 front few but again the thing about the rating all horses like that like i've just done there now is kind of bollocks at times because uh, obviously it, it just takes one good horse you you're know? just throwing a blanket um, where maybe yeah one will escape the blanket but you'd imagine one for way. the moment i am happy to, to to throw that metaphorical blanket as as darren has as well yeah. but uh between the top three 
I'm I, I'm I love Pied Piper. I'm delighted with the price I'm on, but as Dave said, I'm just I'm getting a bit jittery. Like I did this time last year. I remember Gayard de Neal, I, I was all over him with ages and then all of a sudden you just started hearing the way that they were talking about Bob Ollinger and it feels very similar with Vauban. It's just that line from Willie Mullins when they asked him at the triumph and he said, Oh, I have much bigger things in mind for him. That's a, you know, that's a real kind of telltale sign although Willie has started this remember last year about Alaho GSI gets stuck in he said <laughs> whatever's happened to Willie I don't know if he's at a turn or what he is starting to get a bit more bullish but um, I think Pied Piper has the experience on the track that's going to be huge I think Vauban's turn of foot was as lethal could be blown to the small but by the by the new course um, and kind of Pied Piper could just kind of see him out field door's not out of it but it's between the front two at the moment I wouldn't be recommending a bet but I'm happy where, where I am Dean Oh, you'd have if to that be. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, of course it yeah. does. It, you'd have to be. Pied yeah. Piper now 9-4, to four, no more no no bet with fans. Bet Vauban's 13-8 to eight favourite. Field door sixes. It is 10-1 to one bar, those big three, but I think it's a race full of depth. And when you're dealing with juveniles, uh, plenty can happen on the day to scupper even the very best of them. Really looking forward to that triumph hurdle. That's the first race, of course, on Gold Cup Day at the Cheltenham Festival. Why don't we get... Um, into the Albert Bartlett, the potato race, which is always a bit harsh. But the news that we got this week, of course, is that Hillcrest will go. And now I think pretty much uh, that one will go off favourite. And um, I'm really looking forward to him. All 18 and, well, 185 hands of him or whatever. He's probably the biggest horse um, to step onto the course for a while, especially in one of these big championship races and have a big chance. Now, I kind of thought maybe they'd, uh, they'd give him a, a week off and, uh, and let him go to Aintree and pick up something else. But Dave Weldon, Hillcrest is coming. Is he coming yeah. over the hill? Is he coming over the hill in front? <laughs> Very good. Um, I, I surprised he's running there. To be honest, I hadn't even considered him last night when I was doing a few notes. Um, he's joint favourite there, I think, with with, with Jinto, who was another late switch last night uh, to go to this race. So uh, it's getting a bit more competitive now that the crooners come out. I don't really like the front of this market. I can see the case with Hillcrest. I can see the case with, with Ginto. That's fine. And about young progressive horses who are, are coming there. I just went looking for uh, a, a big price in this race, and I kind of landed on two. Falcon 8 for, for Dermot Weld. If he goes, I'm not sure if he goes. I couldn't find any quotes on him last night. Um, I wasn't it, expecting a, a Dermot Weld runner at festival at all, but this is the yeah, one, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. So he, he rarely has a runner um, that's going to miss and uh, go back to Windsor Park and Silver Concord, etc. Of course, yeah. Um, so if he runs, he's in them colours as well, the Dr. Lamb colours. He, he'll have a chance. He was good the last day. Um, really seen out the three miles well and ha- stays well on the flat. So you'd imagine with Chester Vaz or Chester Plate, whatever it was, Chester Cup, uh, something at Chester. Um, <laughs> who cares? Yeah. Uh, so you have a chance. He's, he's a double figure price. And then even one at a bigger price who was fourth in the two mile six race at the at the Dublin Racing Festival. He's at six, six to one for Paul Leach and Peter Fahey, uh, Freedom to Dream. He was, he's run three times this year. It was a good bumper horse. He's only six cents behind Kilcrut as a bumper horse uh, a couple of seasons back. Missed last year, has come back this year, won his maiden, finished second then, um, and then fourth at Dublin Race. Sorry, he finished second at Limerick behind Eric Bloodaxe. And, and the, I read a quote from Paul Leach last night, and he basically, the ground was unsuitable. It was typical Limerick glue pot ground um, over three miles. Took game with a bit of time off, had a comeback then, Dublin Race Festival of 2 months 6. They rode him a bit differently, rode him a bit more forward, and he just kind of got a bit outclassed. But that can happen at Leperstown, it's a tricky enough track. New course probably suited him a bit better, and I think he has a big each way chance at around 6 61. He is in the Martin Pipe as well, but I think they'll go here. 
Yeah, he could well go in the Martin Pipe. And I must give a shout out to Stephen Cass, actually. He messaged us after yesterday's podcast. I'm sure Demo, you were going to do this, but I'll do it. Um, he was very keen on Freedom to Dream for the Martin Pipe if he got in. Now, obviously, he's in uh, the Albert Bartlett as well. And he had highlighted that race as well behind uh, Manila Kakuna. Um, and so Stephen Cass is hoping he gets in. He's 80 to 1 uh, for the Albert Bartlett non runner, no bet with fans bet, but could obviously go in that Martin Pipe. The Demet Wed horse you mentioned there, Dave, 14 to 1, Falcon 8, non runner, no bet um, with fans bet. They go 11 to 4 now, favourite Hillcrest, 3 to 1, Jinto. Manila Kakuna is there at 11 to 2, and it's 6 to 1, Bardos. Over to you, Darren. Yeah. Um... I, I I I don't like this race to be fully honest. Uh, if I had a good horse, I, I wouldn't dream of running them here. I just find if you look at the records of horses that have won this and running this, less so maybe in the last year or so. But going back, it it, it really bottoms out a novice. Hey, look for every that, bad one. There's a Manella Indo though. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that's even true. I think he's very <laughs> much the exception to the rule. Uh, like is in obviously himself Monkfish Time Hill. They they ran him one, but Jesus, aside from that, I think you have to go back to Bobsworth. Uh, after that for the last properly okay horse that, that won this uh, or you know what I mean Harry did he win this anyway it doesn't matter well, uh, in this year's one just maybe they don't win Darren that's the difference sorry that, that's more what I mean yeah sorry that's the, the, the winners really go on to, to better things um one I really like in here though is John McConnell's horse Barton Sound Lad price is starting to contract this week um, he'd probably go off around the price he is now. He's about seven, eight to one. Um, in most places, is he? I think he's seven to one with fans bet. Dean, is he? He is seven to one. No runner. Yes, seven to one. No runner bet with fans bet. I think he'll be in and around that in the day. Might be a touch shorter. Uh, but you might get the extra place on the day. He's perfect type for this race. He's loads of experience. He's tough as old boots. He finds loads. Lovely Prepford as well. He was sent over to Scotland there. Uh, can't remember because it wasn't Kells or Musselburgh for Musselburgh their um, and Brian Hayes yeah. Road. Yeah, Brian Hayes Road. Yeah, uh, it was their trials day meeting. It was today the Scottish Supreme and stuff. He oh, he beat one of Gordon's in a three one runner race. But I just love the way he goes through his races. He's kind of he's a big ignorant sort of a thing. And once he's asked, he keeps finding. I liked his win at Cheltenham earlier on the season as well. It's obviously a good indicator that he's able to get around there pretty well. Uh, I like Baradale a lot, uh, but I don't know if he's just hardy enough or man enough for this at this stage of his life. Uh, so ultimately, yeah, look, I came down on Baradale Sound Lad, who will probably be a chaser next year, but already has bags of experience and, as I say, is very, very tough at this point. I can confirm, having spoken to Brian Hayes this week, of course, where columns will be writing uh, during the week on Cheltenham Festival, do check them out at bookmakers.com, um, that he was very sweet on Baradale Sound Lad and thought it was exactly the right profile and that John McConnell um, had trained him perfectly for the Albert Bartlett. So he was hopeful as well. So that is a big plus point uh, there. Demo, fancy here? Yeah, yeah. Chantreuse, Dean, again, another kind of um, anti-post docker that I'm happy to be to be sat on. We put him up at 30 trees, so he's kind of contracted away. Uh, I really liked that performance last time, a big dope of a performance, which is kind of what you need. And he was getting better as the race went on. And Henry, just he's the master of this. That just it, This horse has been improving run to run. And I just really, really did like that that performance last time so uh chantreuse for me dean um it's a muddling all race to be fair it's a tough old one now to get involved in manila Cro crooner was the one to kind of get stuck into i love manila cocooner but i'd be worried about him staying i thought he was screaming out for the line at the end of that race at um at leperstown love hillcrest but that was a tough old run to have last time and um as you go down journey with me he's probably going to the ballymore jinto as well so the likes of a bardenstown lad the likes of a chantreuse and horses like that they're only going to shorten so it's uh it is a race that if, if you do fancy one and and another one there as well that 
I know Dave Weldon likes as well is uh, Ramillies as well. If he was to run a race, he, he seems a real old pet of Willie Mullins's, um, but he probably needs a bit more experience. But the, the makeup of this race has been changing, but Chantreuse has now built up some lovely experience coming coming from the same race as Manella Indo and Monley as well. So he's the he's the one for me to. Yeah, okay. Chantreuse for Demonon. I didn't think Hillcrest was going to run now, but now that it's running, it fits all the profiles you want for an Albert Bartlett winner. It's been running like almost every month for the whole season. He's an absolute monster. This trip of three miles will seem like about two miles to him. It's only about six strides, I think, from Fernand to Fernand. He is an absolute aeroplane. Um, I think he's a Gold Cup horse, and uh, he's 11 to 4 now, so, you know. Boat, the ship has sailed but watch him come over the hill and watch them all uh, just follow him into the distance so very looking forward to Hillcrest unfortunately uh, no big prices but that's on Mr Daly's head because of the waited so long to decide when they were going to go and when they did uh, then the plungers came down very much looking forward to Hillcrest don't worry about that run at Haydock just did it all on the bit absolute uh, monster look forward to it I'm going to skip out of the uh, running order here not do the gold cup next we're going to do the mayor's chase we'll do the gold cup last if that is okay with everyone and um, uh, Willie Mullins has been talking about Ellie May as if uh, this is the year for Ellie May to go and win the Mayor's Chase at Cheltenham. Uh, will that happen, Dave Weldon? Um, I'm not sure. Like, I was all over her last year and she couldn't get the job done. I know She got she, bullied, Dave, didn't she? She There's did. Just like a bigger horse yeah. on her outside. In- Intimidating right. will go down on the spotlight. That's I the think. one, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but I don't, see, I don't think she's improved this year. Um, and if anything, she might have regressed a little bit. Like She was beaten when she went over to the UK. Um. Yes, she won the last time out and 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 won well, but um, I, I couldn't have her on my mind at the prices. Mount Ida, I just can't get that image. People are talking through the previous and all that of the image of Bob Ollinger just sprinting away from Brave Man's game and Gallard de Manil. Well, I can't get the image of her jumping the first few fences at oh, Kimberley yeah. last year. Yeah. Um. And this is a mile shorter, like uh, or half a mile shorter, or whatever. Um. She won't get away with that here if she does that. And she's been running right-handed this year. All the talk is she's gotten her jumping sword, but I don't know. I, I wouldn't trust her at that price either. And the two I kind of came down on more so Vienna Court, who I think is going to run here. Twist and Davis said it's either here or the plate. Hopefully to run here. Uh, she's about a fourteen to one chance. Um, she won that New Year's Day handicap. She's uh, the second first and second over course and distance this season. Um, and she's a, she's double figure price. I think she could be a, a, a good bit of stuff at, at a good price. 14 to 1, non runner, no bet is Vienna Court for the Mayor's Chase. Um, okay, Dave. Darren, what do you like? Yeah, I wouldn't blame you for maybe taking a swing at one here. Um, that isn't the favourite. I, I do think, I personally do think Willie Mullins has the winner, but I don't necessarily think it's Ellie May. I'd echo what Dave said there. I, I think she's actually regressed a little bit this year. Uh, and, and, and a couple of bits and pieces in her run so far would suggest that. Uh, I think the trip is going to catch up Mount Ida at this stage, uh, particularly if the ground is pretty quick, which I feel it just might be come next Friday. Um, so I, I actually end up coming down on Concertista, uh, who I think is probably the best horse in this race in terms of actual raw talent. Now, her prep is not ideal. Um, I think she had a little bit of a setback as well earlier in the year, but she seems okay now. She only had, I think this is the two chase starts. Um but as I say, in terms of latent ability, I think she's the best in the race. Um, I think isn't I think she'd have gone okay in a champion hurdle. Not sure many of these would be able to say the same. She was comfortably the best hurdler of these, I'm pretty sure. And I think there's probably a bit more improvement in her here. She also has course form to her name, which is a help. Um, you know, she's not coming in here completely blind. And if she's ready to go, um, all sil- all cylinders firing, 
Uh, I actually think she could be pretty hard to beat. She's she's come out to a backable price now. She was much shorter three four weeks ago, and she's she's drifted in the interim period. So uh, I think she's drifted a little bit too much, and I'm I'm happy to go with her. Three to one, no runner, no bet is Constantista for the mares chase. Would you fancy Constantista if they decide to go mares hurdle there? Yeah, I think she should be favoured first if she ran it. To be honest, it's and I think she'd be one of the ones that could be a switcheroo. I think. I, I think the plan is firmly to go here, but I, I did have the same thought. And if I if I got wind she was running the Mare's Hurdle, I'd make her fav. I'd make her fav personally. So so we'll see. She'll be close to the top end, all right, that is for sure. Um, Damon Nolan on the Mare's Chase. Uh, yeah, I, I, I get how you could see that Ellie may regress, but just Willie Mullins again last time, the way he spoke about her, I have a, a massive feeling that Constantise is going to end up in the Mare's Hurdle just by the way he spoke. And he said that. Ellie May should be the one to beat in the mare's chase because she doesn't have a horse like Carl Reeby to beat. I thought that was a very strange statement because he's always taught the world of concertista. So I don't know whether concertista could end up in the mare's hurdle because uh, there there may be light enough in that. Yeah. Uh, that would be a real kind of speaking her favour. So Stephen I did, made the point, didn't he, on yesterday's podcast? Yeah, anyone yeah, so like I, that? I backed Ellie May uh, last night at about five to two, and uh, I'm very happy to have. Uh, I just think that whilst, whilst the rest of them are good, I just think she's she's by far the best of these. Uh, one of the price, if somebody wants in each way. Uh, Zambella is very interesting. She was she was, she was was going to run an absolute screamer in this last year before coming down uh, three out. So she could be very interesting. But I think it's going to be very hard to stop Ellie Maiden. Yeah, it could be. Do you know the one who I think might stop her if they decide to go here? But you never, like, I'm not sure if we actually have it confirmed. Do we put the kettle on Ghost Champion Chase? Uh, Henry de Bromhead again has been saying that it's uh, a champion chase. Champion chase, yeah. A change of heart would give them a mare's, her- a mare's chase, I think. But uh, why not go and see if you can uh, retain the title you thoroughly earned beforehand? So that could happen. Okay, let's have a quick for the Gold Cup with fans bet. Non runner, no bet. Aplutard 3 to 1, 7 to 2, Galvin. Manella Indo is at 5s, 8 to 1 about Protectorat. Uh, Alaho still in the betting here at 9 to 1. Album Photo at 10s, 11 to 1, Tornado Flyer and Conflated. And it's 16 to 1 for those. Dave Weldon, uh, why don't you take us away with the Cheltenham Gold Cup? Yeah, it's it's tricky now because I don't like Aplutard. I, I would have liked it at the start of the year, but the more I think about it now, the horses coming back after getting beaten in the Gold Cup don't do do well. Um, he had every chance last year. I don't think he stays the three mile two. He's, he's a proper three miler around Leopardstown and on a flat track. I don't think he gets the 3-mile 2 at Cheltenham. Not at the pace they go in the Gold Cup. Um, Manetta in, though, I know Dermot likes him and, and Don liked him as well on the previous night. I couldn't have him on my radar at that price. Fair enough. If you're, if you're getting more value for the fact he has to improve a lot for a bit of March spring on his back, um, th- th- that's fine. And the one I kind of came down on was Galvin. Um, he's just solid. He just ticks a lot of boxes. 7-2, um, to two, Nominal or not bet. You could nearly back that each way. You you get most of your money back, if not a large portion of it, because I think he he's gonna win. Um, he'll be still there. He jumps well, stays. Um, course form one to three miles six or just placing on the new course behind uh, or on the old course behind Imperial or was it in the yeah it was in the uh, novice handicap the last version of that, and he's just gonna be buying there and he's he's. He's just solid. He's just a solid horse. I can't see him out the frame, and I can see make excuses for the other lads, um, for not hitting the frame, and then like it's it's, well, this is gonna be heavy on one fifty five plus horses. 
it's not a great race. Like there's not a lot you could say. Yeah, that has a great chance of running a massive price at a massive price and running. I mean, I've Chantry House back since the start of the year. That's fine. I don't think he's going to do it. And my, my expectations are very low with that horse. Yeah. And I like your one being protector at. Like he, it's more to come from him. Um, and he's the only other one I can see with upside. Him and Galvin are probably the two to side with. Do you struggle to see pace in the race, Dave? Yeah, I do. Um, like you don't have a native river there or a road on to, to, to force it. So we've it, always had something go out on the sword at the front end, and this year I think someone's going to have to make that decision. Yeah, and it, it, you struggle to see what it is. I'd say probably Gordon is hoping to get the game's town run conflated for that purpose, to just bowl him out front yeah. and yeah. have a go and see where he ends up, and then that'll suit Galvin as well. Um, but like Gal- Galvin's been there and done it at the festival, and. It's his first goal. Like if you said to me to start of the year, you'd be tipping Galvin at seven to two to win the Gold Cup. I'd have said, "Don't talk to me ever again. You're an idiot." But now look at me. Here I am. And... <laughs> yeah, I, I can't argue. I, I put myself in the same boat. I mean, he's super solid, super solid, but just totally unsexy, and the price is terrible. But he is a bit sexy. Like he, like when he won the National Hunt Chase, I know it's National Hunt Chase. He had a prep run in October and was left off and was able to reproduce his best form on, yep. on the day. Um. He's just solid and good ground as well. Like he loves good ground. Um, and Definitely not sexy though. To be fair, ah, he's a bit sexy. In fairness to him, uh, <laughs> whatever rocks your boat, Dave. Whatever yeah. rocks your boat. If uh, he wins, if he wins, and he lands a couple of bets for me, he's looking very sexy. I tell you. Understood. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I landed on Gavin. I'm probably rambling on a bit now, like, but he's just the most solid in a horse in a horse race full of ones that could be dodge spots. Yeah, I understand you. There are question marks around these. Galvin comes in with very few, to be honest, apart from the lack of sexiness. And uh, that's not really a reason to uh, to knock him. I just cannot believe we are talking about Galvin at the top of the market for a Cheltenham Gold Cup. But we are, and he's there. Darren, what did you come down on? It is one of those races, as Dave just did, where you end up talking about, oh, no, oh, and I feel very similar. It's a shite race. It's, from, ah, no, it's one of the worst no, races. No, no, no. It is, it's crap. It's useless. There's not a really good, there's not an absolutely brilliant horse in there. Uh, like, Protectorat is a single-digit price for this, lads. This is not a good race. Like, for I, John, good reason, I think. But you can yeah, because it's a shit race, that's the good reason that he's a single-digit price. Uh, he hasn't a hope either, by the way, I will say. <laughs> but, uh, like, th- this is not this is not good. And I, I, I end up, I keep coming back to Aplutard. I actually think he's a reasonable enough price at the top of the market. The same thing happened to me a couple of years ago when Albin Photo was going for a second one. And I went round the house, swings and roundabouts, trying to find the winner. Couldn't do it. Came back to Albin Photo. He had to be the one. He had the most solid profile. Aplutard, I think, if you look at his season, if you, if you look at how he's been trained this year, I think he was geared up to the last to go to Haydock to win his grade one. I think then they, he eased off and coming into Christmas. Henry's weren't running brilliant at the time either with the intention of going after him again after Christmas and the, on the run up to Cheltenham. Yeah. I think he ran a perfectly fine race uh, at Christmas time. I think he was kind of given an easy-ish time afterwards and now it's been geared up, geared up, geared up. Henry's are coming back into form. He's 10 to 3. The one, the one thing is, I actually think there's a fair chance you'll get a bigger price in the day. And I think you, you'll get an extra place in the day. So he's in and around somewhere between 11 to 4, 10 to 3 at the minute. I reckon you could get 4 to 1, 4 places on the day. And if that's the case, it'll be all my chips into the middle, good sir. Because uh, I, I, I really think he's an awful lot going for him. I, I don't care what lads say about Manel Endo. I couldn't back him off the prep he's had. You're really banking on him coming and go to Cheltenham. Uh, like, no matter what we added up, he got kicked out of the way by Conflated. Um, who is who's deemed not good enough to go for this race? Uh, and again, whatever we add that up, that's not strong enough to win here. 
for all that he did win it last year. So, as I said, once again, going around in swings and roundabouts, crap race, absolute hard wins, and hold off to the day to back him. Okay, pretty strong case, I think, made for Aplutard. I'm a Protector app fan um, for, well, actually, since the Paddy Power run where it got beat by Midnight Shadow. And you need to mark that up a fair old way. And then what it did at Aintree, albeit, uh, you know, Native River is back in second and Native River is not the Native River of uh, a few moons ago. Um, I thought that was an outstanding performance, really announced himself as a horse for this race. Um, Dan obviously uh, doesn't mess about with too many prep runs for his horses going into Cheltenham. And Protectorat is exactly what you want. Seven-year-old up and coming on a mark of 164. Puts him right into the mix, of course. And, um, yeah, I think this could be the day Dan Skelton announced himself as uh, at the big table. Not that he's not done it before in other races, but they're more target races. This is the big one, Dermo. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I love the knocking of an Elendo. I hope he keeps drifting. I, I, I backed him at, after the poor run at Kempton. I backed him after Leopardstown, and I will back him again if he drifts anymore. Um, will you not have a saver on Conflated, considering he absolutely smashed him out of the way at No, because... Doesn't it, run. It, it, Just confirmed completed. there, doesn't run. Conflated is confirmed going for the Ryanair, is it? Yeah, yeah pretty much even, confirmed. Okay. Even at that, you, like, you, need to, you need to seriously want to rewrite history to write off Melindo. You've got a horse here who fucking, in his first season as a novice hurdler, Dem- went in as a novice. You get angry now. That's good. Before, before he won the Albert Bartlett. He went into the RSA having just beaten Captain CJ that season, who's now rated 141, and he should have won that RSA chase. He went on the next season and won a Gold Cup off the back of a horrible fall at Christmas. They had to completely rewrite everything back. He was fourth then in an Irish Gold Cup behind Kemboy, and now he's... And then he went on to win the Gold Cup. This season, perfectly reasonable run at Down Royal. Um, Henry de Bromhead shouldn't have ran him at the King George, but I understand getting a little bit greedy when you've got two two chances like that. Yep. And then last time was basically just dropped into the race by Robbie Power. The, the whole race was over by the time he gave him a kick up the backside to go. That was all part of his prep run. And he goes into this, which I agree with Darren, it's not a great Gold Cup. Um, I, a plus tired is... A Plutard, A plus tired. Yeah, Mikey, I'm sure Mikey there. Yeah. Um, a Plutard is very solid, can see the angle, but from a winning point of view in these massive grade ones at Cheltenham, I don't think he actually is in love with the track. He was the same in the Ryanair, same in the Gold Cup last year. He actually ran an unbelievable race to be second last year, but if you watch it back, Indo was holding him comfortably in that race. The lack of a pace for me is a massive concern with Galvin. Um, Galvin, for me, needs a really strong pace to aim at. Um, so we could have a funny result here. The likes of a, a tornado flyer could be just good enough to quicken off them. I don't see what goes forward. The only way I see something going forward is that Album Photo might need a bit of pace. So Franco de Port or something like that could be sent on as a sacrificial lamb. That's the only bit of pace that I could see maybe happening. He's never done that before, but it wouldn't be beyond Willie Mullins to kind of fire something like that in. But no, Dean, I'm very confident. I'm now end up. And uh, I hope more people say that he doesn't have a chance and he keeps drifting. Yeah, could well do, could well do. Do you know what's fascinating is there is that the four of us have gone through the Gold Cup and we've tipped the top four in the betting individually. Uh, that shows you the kind of race that it is. One vote for Adflustad, uh, one vote for Galvin, one vote for Manella Indo and uh, one for Protectorat. Okay, that is the Gold Cup. There's obviously some other races on the final day of the festival. Uh, Dave, I'm going to come to you. You've got the Martin Pipe, you've got the Hunters, of course, Fox Hunters. Um, and you've also got the county. Yeah, it's starting the county, Dean. It's just it's another example of some mad uh, UK handicapping. Uh, Ganapi for Willie Mullins was sent off six to one for this last year. Um, finished sixth behind Belfast Banter. 
then he off 140, right? So he ran on that race off 140. He then went on to Punchestown, fell three out, would have known if he'd be Gallard the or not. Probably wouldn't have. Um, he's now running off 145, even though this is his next run. So he's been raised five pounds for sitting in the shed after finishing sixth off 140 in the Martin, in the county last year. Just makes no sense to me how he's been raised another five pounds. Anyway, he might have a chance if, if, if William Wallen sends him there fresh, He's done before in the county. He might be one at a bigger price to cover Stateman, uh, same owner, so he might not go. Um, and then in the Fox Hunters, uh, I don't really like the Fox Hunters, but Wink Leader would be a good story for David Christie. He's, he's a good point-to-point man, and he'd be a good old story. Uh, he runs his another one, Fawcett, as well in, in the race, but uh, Wink Leader looks to be the better of them too. And then in the Martin Pipe, I really like Adam and Chosen. Um, I am scared of Langerdan given his nice weight and he's not running the Imperial Cup so he'll be running off a significantly lower mark than he did last yeah, year yeah no penalty yet yeah. and they've got a nice uh, mark well they're back on yeah but Adam Chosen won the Land Rover last year five of the six horses to finish behind him have gone on to win maidens and whatever this year bumpers and, and such um, he ran three races in maiden hurdles went off odds on for all of them was beaten three quarters of length in two of them and then absolutely hacked up the last day uh, like he should have um, he was given one for one for two, which is plucked out of the sky. He could be anything, um, and I think the step and trip will suit him massively. And he's been backed, and I think David Mullins gave him a nice nod as well on the preview night. So that's all positive. Um, I think he has a good chance in the Martin Pike. Adamantly chosen. Nine to one, number no bet. Adamantly chosen for that Martin Pike handicap hurdle with fans bet and wing leady you mentioned for the Fox Hunters. That's currently five to one, second favourite. For the Fox Hunters chase. Darren, you have three races there to give us your thoughts. Yeah, I have uh, the county hurdle. Uh, State man probably is about a stone in hand, and I've no interest really in opposing him at this stage. And this is his likely target. Uh, the Hunter chase, don't know, don't care, shouldn't exist, shouldn't be at the festival. And then. That's a bit of fun after the Gold Cup, so you can relax. If there's an even money favourite and you're looking to get out, it is, but otherwise. <laughs> yeah which was with five ones beside its name for point yeah. to points in place i've never heard of i love it um and then the martin pipe i actually agree wholeheartedly with david the price is starting to go but uh, adamantly chosen for me here and he, i actually kind of half fancy Ebisari in the um in the boodles earlier on the week based on this yeah yeah uh, so adamantly chosen definitely runs here. Uh, I'm reliably informed, definitely runs here. It's yeah, there you go. Definitely rocks up, which is great. Uh, I think another year he'd be running among the graded races. I just think he's a bit like Sanwa the, the year he won the county, and a bit like Stateman, even this year as well. Things just haven't gone exactly to plan, and he's ended up getting a reasonably favorable handicap mark. Um, his form behind Gringo Debrell isn't horrific from his first run over sticks. A little bit, little bit disappointing, but not completely horrific. And then I think he was a touch unlucky behind Ebisari. Mark a one four two shouldn't overface him, and at tens, I reckon he'll do me. But he's one of these I actually think could go off a bit shorter. So if you do fancy him, I'd say back him now. Yeah, as I said, nine to one non runner no bet for the Martin Pipers, adamantly chosen with our sponsors at Fansbet. I think that race is just Langadang's race, but it would be absolutely heartbreaking for the Skeltons if uh, they turn up with another galloping Deschamps-type lurker in the form of adamantly chosen, and maybe they will. We all think State Man obviously, is going for the county, so uh, that makes it pretty simple. That race does seem to be a horse that has plenty in hand. And uh, I won't be going near the Fox Hunters there, Mo. Uh, same, same. Avoid the Fox Hunters all along. I actually really enjoyed it. It's nice to have a Gold Cup 
at Cheltenham for the amateurs. Um, oh, I, I, I love that, the race. I just certainly can't tell Yeah, you same, that, same. So. I think that's... Uh, pure it should always be pure a, a festival. Yeah, but it's tradition, uh, isn't it? It's a great tradition, I think, that yeah, follows the golf You can't lose races like that. Exactly. Like, if, they cared about, if they cared about tradition that much, they, they, they kept the name Fox Hunters and not changed it to Hunters, but there you go. There you go, Darren. I don't um, disagree. Don't disagree. Someone's spatting Darren's tea today, I think, or something. <laughs> uh, the, uh... He's drinking that brown, yeah. brown ale, is he? <laughs> uh, uh, I, I have to get out of bed at half six this morning. That's what's fucking wrong. <laughs> um, I couldn't agree more with the lads on adamantly chosen. Really? Uh, I think he's... Okay. Yeah, I, I, I've gone through this race and through this race. Langerdan, if he drifts a bit, definitely, but a five to one, definitely not. Um, but... Adamantly chosen, he's just screams of being one of these real improved William Mullins, and he's he's tough enough as well. Um, there's a few of them here kind of lurking, like Indigo Breeze wouldn't be out of this. Um, there's a good few horses at, at big prices he could back, but I think Adamantly chosen has, has the potential to be one of these Martin Pipe winners that goes on to win a grade one and punches down afterwards. He, he just has that aura about him. And again, Dean, I couldn't agree more with you and Dave as well on, uh, on Stateman. Yeah, the county and Darren. That's actually a podcast charge, isn't it? I guess it um, is. Yeah, the price is, yeah, is skinny. It, Nine just... to two, no run, no bet for the county. But again, experience is a massive shorter. issue, obviously. Yeah. So I will be trying to find a cover on the day. But this was a horse who was smashed off the boards. We all heard at Christmas what they thought he was. They thought he was in their supreme team. So for the fact that he's now. Uh, going for a county hurdle based off happenstance really had he won at christmas he definitely wouldn't be near a mark for this so it's um that's kind of fortunately handicapped for him so there's obviously loads more in this race that that will need to be picked apart but at the moment he's he's one of the ones that i've backed as well did. yeah do you know what your saver is in that race demo and i think dave weldon will agree uh, actually i know dave weldon will agree um, shall we have one more if it gets in that's your saver in the county i think do you uh will you be will you be joining me Probably not, no. <laughs> if, 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 you're, if, if you're going to the bar, Dean, then yeah. Not on the horse. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. That was day three and day four at the Cheltenham Festival. Now, on yesterday's podcast, when we did day one and day two, I did ask uh, the lads Paddy and Stephen Cass, of course, uh, for their best bet of the week. It doesn't have to be in the two days we've covered on this pod. It can be your best bet of the week total. Um, Dave? Why don't you give us your best bet at the Chandler Festival 2022? It's going the Twitter poll for our charity bet from Fans Bet. So, uh, yeah, pick carefully. Um, I will go, I'll go simply your bets in the Paddy Power. I, I've taught myself into this now uh, last night and this morning. So, yeah, sim- simply the bets in the Paddy Power. Beautiful. Simply the bets is 14 to 1, non runner, no bet with Fans Bet. Um, that's Dave Weldon's uh, bet of the week at the Chandler Festival. And, and he's claimed the only winner Paul Nichols will get a week. But, um, yeah, that wins Actually, can that be when up instead, no? That he's only have that winner. Yeah, yeah it's, it's <laughs> kind of the same now. Like, but, um, yeah, it's the same price. Really. <laughs> I, I want to do all with laying Brave Man's game, now. Right, right, right. right. Well, look, I'm not going to accommodate you, but at the same time, um, it's been well, the point's well made. Uh, Darren, Darren Hughes. Uh, oh, very like tricky. Didn't know this was coming, no, no, I did, I did, I did, but I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out in my head uh, what exactly my fancy, my best fancy of the week is. Uh, look, I've already put my neck in the line with Dice or Dynamo. I, I just, I cannot foresee a world where he doesn't kick these out of the way on Tuesday. Uh, so he'll have to be my nap. But there is a market out there for Ireland to have over 21 winners. The price is currently seven to two with an operator. If you can find it, you'll struggle to get a better seven to two shot running this week. I think this is going to be 
absolute and utter carnage. Don't buy this nonsense that the English are a better handicap this year. Uh, just the, the extra pound or two is not going to make any difference. Uh, English racing's in a pit at the minute, and the Irish are going to dominate once again next week. I wouldn't be surprised to see twenty three five or twenty twenty four four even again. And the sky is blue, Darren. That's all I can say. And the sky yeah. is blue. Seventy two about the sky is blue though is not bad. Not bad for us. <laughs> Okay, 11-4 Dice Out Dynamo, though, is for the Supreme, uh, and that's Darren's banker of the week at the Cheltenham Festival. An island to dominate. Um, Demo, obviously, me and you are already done with our charity bets on the Fans Bet preview um, that we did, of course, on YouTube for the Race Hour. Uh, go check them out, catch everyone's views. I think we are there. All we need now is for Tuesday to rock round and uh, the roar of the Supreme to get us underway. My thanks for today's podcast. Go to Darren Hughes. Um, David Weldon, Dermot Nolan, I've been Dean Ryan, and uh, best of luck to everyone next week. Do get involved with fans bet, bet 10, get 30 on bookmakers.co.uk and £25,000 predict and win game. Eight questions to answer there on the fans bet platform. Uh, get involved, good luck to you all, and uh, for now, we'll leave you alone. But myself and Dermot will be back every day of the festival next week with a quick summary and preview podcast. Do check them out on the race hour. Thanks very much. <laughs>